G'day Phantom Folk, and uh, just a quick note before the podcast begins, reminding everybody that of course the the Phantom board game Treasures of Dracon has gone live on Kickstarter, and uh, we just encourage everybody to get on there and have a look at the Kickstarter campaign, see what they think, and uh, hopefully support it by pledging for a Phantom board game. The web address for that is of course uh, kickstarter.com, and then you can just search for the Phantom or go to chroniclechamber.com and there will be an article about it on the front page there. Or if you want to get really fancy, you can go straight direct to using the uh, internet address tinyurl, T-I-N-Y-U-R-L.com backslash the phantom board game, all one word. And that will take you there as well. So get on and have a look at that one. Secondarily, we do announce a... Um, competition in the i can't remember now later in the podcast but uh, since then we've decided to have a second competition going at the same time and this one is the prize is a copy of hermes press's hardcover the complete don newton the video review of that is on our youtube channel so you can go and check that out but uh, there's also a competition to win that one it's only accessible or available to patreon subscribers or patreon supporters so if you are not a patreon supporter at the moment you cannot win that one if you would like to be involved and have a crack at winning the complete don newton phantom um, i highly recommend the book and i'd love to see i can't wait to see a patreon subscriber win it i think it's gonna be fantastic um, anyway so those are the, that's the key takeaway messages from the start make sure you go and have a look at the kickstarter campaign for the treasures of dracon board game or um, also have a look at our youtube channel to see what the competition is all about there all right thanks very much guys enjoy the podcast 500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said I'm mad I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty And all my sons will follow me so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die The Phantom, the ghost who walks The Phantom, enemies beware The Phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom He finds you Alright, cool uh, So um, Alright, we'll start again So we'll start again um, We're only 20 minutes into it, could have been worse <laughs> That's Could have right. been an hour down the track Well it just adds to the story of the curse of this podcast Um <laughs> We've we've gone through this, so but for everybody at home who didn't listen twenty minutes ago, um, what's your evening been like in the preparation for for podcasting, Phantom tonight, Jermaine? Uh, well, almost ready. Then the wife's computer didn't work, so that's at thirty percent after two and a half hours. Climbing, all the but that's climbing. Asleep. We should say it's climbing. Yeah, it's climbing. It's actually <laughs> it's actually on on uh, very fast. It's gone up a whole four four percent in the last half hour. I was going to say so, um, twenty minutes ago, you told me it was twenty six percent. So that's changed <laughs> at least. <laughs> and then I had the family uh, all melt down with the hot weather that's been out here, and uh, and then you've had a bit of fun as well. Oh, well, we've had the other end. We always seem to have extreme weather when we when we chat because I've had a um, thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very frightening over here. Um, we had hail and the power went out and the dog was panicking and the 
kids weren't happy and um and i fried my microphone so the the, <laughs> the new microphone that i bought um I, I think is i'm hopeful that the cord is dead but certainly it it's giving me bad messages when i plug it into the computer so i'm on my old uh technology so apologies for um well who complains the most um callum and Robert. <laughs> you don't need a name. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, not up to the usual standard, but <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll soldier on. So anyway, we've I've skipped the um, the introduction again. Uh, I did this last time as well. But uh, for those who have tuned in late, you or have come in late, you're listening to Expand the Phantom Podcast. This is episode, we think, 116 or 17, we decided. Um, we're going to slot this in. Almost immediately, we're recording this the night that uh, Collingwood have beaten the Cats. No, no the other Geelong, Geelong right. beat the Cats. That's right. <laughs> this is how long ago the game was now, earlier this evening. <laughs> um, and, and, and hopefully we'll be able to get it out in the next couple of days while we um, do some better editing work and recording in uh, the interviews that we've done. We should mention that Steve's not here. With that, and, and I'm joined by Jermaine. I'm all over the shop now. So, Jermaine, how are Gosh, you? Gosh, you... <laughs> I don't know. How many beers have you drunk tonight, mate? <laughs> Not enough, mate, for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but you would have had a drink or more so they didn't go to waste before the power being out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, you've got to keep the fridge shut, otherwise they start to warm up. So, anyway, <laughs> this is a comics and news, and we're going to power straight into the comics, uh, no, into the news. No, Stephen, um, there were crickets at Jermaine's end before, but even they've gone to bed at this late hour. Um, so... The delay in podcasts, we've sort of alluded to that already. Um, it's to do with the fact that we've had some um, quite long interviews recently, which I think you're going to hear after this podcast. Um, we've got a couple of other interviews that are sort of lined up. So appreciate everybody um, not hassling us when it doesn't drop on a Thursday or whatever. Um, everyone seems to be happy enough to just um, wait for the subscription to uh, pop up into their into their mobile phone or whatever listening device they have. So we appreciate everyone's uh, patience with that. Mm. Uh, we got some good news. Some good news, yes. Okay, so the competition. Um, you you've got a competition on the on the radar here, Jermaine. Yes, yes. So as this as this drops, we will also be starting a competition. So basically, to be in the running for a beautiful magazine with a beautiful cover from Massimo Gambera, the Italian artist. Um, we've also an interview or an article by him. What, and what's also, the, uh, the name of the magazine, Jermaine? Uh, Fumo Di Chino. I'm going to butcher that. I reckon sometimes <laughs> you ask me these questions just so you can have a laugh. And I reckon sometimes fan. you avoid saying the names because you know you're going to butcher them. <laughs> yeah, so no, it's a, be- it's a beautiful magazine. Uh, I feature in it, so that makes it even better. Um, but basically, we have a copy that we want to give away to one of our listeners. We should stress so, that you feature in it in um, word form, words that he's written, no pictures, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So basically, if you want this copy, all you need to do is leave a Facebook recommendation on our Chronicle Chamber Facebook page. So all the details are in the video. And we'll also do an article with that as well. So it's very, very simple. It will take like five minutes to do. A little bit longer if you want to get an extra entry. And to get an extra entry, you need to leave a good Facebook recommendation. Basically, if you leave a five-word review, you get 
get one entry. If you leave a paragraph review on how good we are and suck up to us and and say that you're a postmodernist or something like that, you even get an extra <laughs> entry as well. But no, but all, all jokes aside, uh, yes, it's better very, entries. Very transparent, very transparent uh, competition. And um, no, uh, what do we say? No correspondence will be entered into. The uh, winner is at the judge's discretion. Yeah, no, no, no. So what we're going to do is all the entries will be put into a hat and then our next Comics and News, we will probably, that's when we will probably draw it and we'll draw it on the podcast and, and record it on a video and release that as well. So should be some fun. Please leave us uh, a nice... Uh, Facebook recommendation. Um, that just helps us basically to be found by other fans who are looking for the Phantom. So that's obviously Chronicle Chamber Phantom fan page um, on Facebook. So just type that one into your search bar if you're not already following us. Um, you should be because that's where all of the stuff we're about to talk about drops first before we get the chance to um, <laughs> record a podcast. So if you really want to have your finger on the pulse, um, follow one of the social media accounts, which we'll plug again at the end. But uh, um, you hear all of this news first, and then you get to listen to us summarise and, and give you some opinion, I guess, on what we've heard. Yes, that's good. All right. Um, so one of the things we've heard is lightning strikes. Um, it's eagerly anticipated delivery into Australia. We know yeah. that Norwegian fans and Swedish fans and American fans um, seem to have had, by and large, have had success getting the comic. Um, but in Australia, it's been an absolute um, nightmare, not just for us, but for the Lightning Strike guys as well. And, Jermaine, you've been in contact with Owen on a pretty regular basis? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we, we are aware that uh, Phantom's Vault and Kaboom Comics do have orders, and we are aware that there are a couple of other Australian comic book shops that also have orders as well. Now, the date we have been given is literally like the first week of April. Mm. Um, now, you know, whether they come or not, we can only speculate, but this is like, a, it's, it, it seems to be like the most concrete answer we've been given, you yeah. know, yeah. since uh, we've been waiting. I think that's that's right, and whether that means that um, Lightning Strike have improved their tracking processes and now they've got guarantees as to what time. But, uh, yeah, you're right. It's uh, We've been talking to Owen about this for... Well, it seems like oh, a year four now. Months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, this is the first time we've got something as narrow as that. So we're quite hopeful. Um, it remains to be seen. We would love to think that on the next Comics and News we'll be talking about um, physical copies of Lightning Strike. Yes, and we also have a date for issue three and four as well, which will be, drumroll, May will be the date when we will see those as well. Well, they'll be published anyway. Whether they'll be posted in time for that, <laughs> you may, true. May twenty twenty, you mean perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> no. So May twenty nineteen is when issue three and four will be published and available. Yep. And then hopefully by then uh, we won't have to wait another couple of months. Yep. So um, if you are waiting we'll for those, any of those um, uh, retailers that Jermaine spoke about before, or of course you can go on Lightning Strikes website yourself. Um, which I know you've done, Jermaine, and a number of private collectors yep. around Australia have um, ordered direct from the company, and uh, we're all waiting with uh, bated breath to see the see the books arrive. Because they do a brilliant job. Well, as, as we've said the a number of times, the comics they produce yeah. are great. Yep. Um, and, and it's, it's just, just uh, more unfortunately. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So hopefully, 
that news has helped, um, and we hope that you enjoy it. Mm. Um, other updates, we also have been in touch with Hermes Press to talk about, um, first and foremost, I guess, President Kennedy's mission, the paperback, trade paperback. It's been a mission, hasn't it? It has, it has been a real mission. Um, and I don't... The, Do you think the time... jokes is funny the second time around? <laughs> Probably not. They don't feel as natural. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think that uh, Sabrina is any happier with the delay than, than her customers are. Um, just, just reading between the lines. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they're very keen as well, obviously, to get that, um, that labour of love mm. out to all of the fans. Um, so we can, it's been a long time ago since we read part one, and uh, it'd be, it'd be well, interesting to see how that story I haven't even received part one yet. Have you not even read part one? No, I've got part, I've got a digital copy of part one, but oh, I'm honest, my comic book too. shop never got part one in, so oh, well. I don't actually, and then I've tried to order it through the States, and then there was been, you know, one issue after another issue. Yes. So, you know, I don't even have a physical copy of issue one yet. So my variant cover is extra rare then. I have collected all of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, hope. So they reckon they, they didn't give us an exact mm. date or they weren't game enough to give us a date. But um, I reckon, you know, I reckon, I reckon May, June, we might see something. Yeah. Yeah. At a complete guess. Oh, you know what it'll do? It, it'll come out um, about a fortnight before um, Supernova, and so will the Lightning oh. Strike comics. They'll all arrive, and suddenly we'll be spending money hand over fist a month before um, oh. we're due to go to Sydney. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I've stunned Jermaine. The stuff of nightmares. <laughs> That's it. So now we've got some bad news. Yeah, so unfortunately um, we have heard, uh, well, everyone knows now it's well documented about Phantom in um, magazine in Norway being cancelled at the end of 2018 and there's been a further blow for the Norwegian Phantom fans um, in the last month or so, Jermaine. They cannot catch a break. No. No? Um, yeah. So the probably the, I think it was the Afton Post, I believe is how you probably say it. I've probably butchered that one as well. I'm proud probably of you for trying it. every other one. <laughs> I butchered every other one, so let's just go for the whole lot, eh? You didn't the even whole, try it last time factor. we recorded this, so I'm well done. <laughs> so basically, the, the, the thing that makes this cancellation probably the most heartbreaking is due to the legend of this news of the legend of the story and of the history of the Phantom, not actually the character, but the comic, you know, like the, the history, the yeah, of the, the the story, the you know the character. Um, so, so that's what that's what probably makes this even sadder than say what's happened to Australia, which we'll touch upon in a second. But um, so as as the story goes, now we cannot confirm certain aspects of this story, but. It's a great story, and we know that Lee Fork loves this story, mm. so let's just lay claim that it's Phantom Law. So as the story goes, uh, during Nazi-occupied Norway in the late 30s and early 40s, um, the Afton Post newspaper uh, would smuggle in the Phantom strips from neighbouring Sweden, which remained neutral during the war, and basically... Uh, the Germans allowed them to continue to publish the Phantom strip 
uh, alongside all of the um, propaganda that they used to put in the newspaper, and basically it helped fuel uh, faith uh, in occupied Norway, and so much so that, uh, as the legend goes, that uh, the underground or the resistance used to use the word the phantom or phantomet as a password uh, in the underground. So that's the story. Uh, that's the legend. It is a great story. Uh, cannot confirm or deny it, but frankly, who cares? Mm. It is a great story. We're going to use it as phantom law. Absolutely. And, um, and, just to pick up on something you said last time, Lee Fork loved this story as well mm. and um, referenced it so regularly in the interviews that um, we've read from him. Um, just yes. an indication that, again, whether it's uh, whether it's true or not, it's um, it's a, a great tale and one that um, should be a trivia quiz question somewhere at some point, um, which we'll get right mm. now. So, and as well as all the listeners. <laughs> Um, so unfortunately, that's that has uh, the, the that newspaper has stopped carrying the Phantom Strip, as has. Well, no, it hasn't stopped yet. It will stop at the end of the current daily story. Ah, okay, all right. Which um, I don't know. Have you, have you been following that? I think it's got to come soon. Yeah, I think it's. What are we now? We're in March. I think it's April. Yeah, there can only be it, the, the whole story does seem to very much be wrapping up now mm. and um, gearing up for the next phase. But uh, we'll talk about that as that story finishes anyway. Um, but yes, so that's the end of the Phantom in that particular Norwegian newspaper, as it has been in a particular Australian newspaper, the Daily Telegraph in Sydney, mm. um, has stopped carrying the, the the Phantom comic strip there. And um, we were alerted to this by Dudley. And neither of us are, are Sydney. Locals, obviously, being in Queensland and Western Australia. Um, and it, there was very little outcry about um, the Daily Telegraph stopping the uh, the Phantom comic strip. I didn't really see much on, on any of the social medias, Germ, did you? No, which, I don't know. It, I don't know, did people care? Did, did no one notice? Like, maybe newspaper, yeah. hard copy newspaper readers, but has it dropped off their website? We should ask, this is where we actually need Steve. Um, to find it because he gets the digital copy of his paper, which is often how he shares yeah. it with us first thing in the morning. So I don't know if the Sydney, the Daily Telegraph links to that one as well, um, down in Victoria for him. But uh, anyway, the, the hard uh, hard copy Daily Telegraph has stopped carrying the, the Phantom paper and it... Um, Unless they've, there's been letters to the editor, maybe any of the listeners who are in Sydney or surrounding area or New South Wales, um, if you've noticed it, if people have asked you, if you've get in touch with us, we'd love to know what the reaction has been, if any. Um, it seems like um, well, it's like Stephen on a podcast. It's crickets at the moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Stephen. <laughs> um, but no, it's um, yeah, it, it, it's sad, but. With this, uh, with the cancellation of Spider-Man, which we've talked about with um, one of our next podcasts, mm. um, it just goes to show that newspaper strips, even the Phantom, which is probably at its best it's been since probably the early 80s, I would say. You mean um, in quality? quality. Yep. <laughs> um you know, like with, you know, Tony's writing good stories, Jeff and Mike are doing high-quality art, 
but that's not always enough to save a comic. No. An adventure strip or a, or a soap opera strip or whatever you want to call it. No. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's sad that, you know, and one could argue that Spider-Man is more popular than the Phantom. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been cancelled. Mm. Well, I think now, that, that um, you, I, I know you're researching and doing another story about Tony DePaul that'll, that'll come up on the website soon, but as part of that interview or the, that discussion, um, I don't think I'm breaking any confidences from Tony where he says that uh, he basically writes every news, every fandom story as if it will be the last one that's published in uh, or picked yeah. up by King's Features uh, and syndicated. So um, it's a sad state of affairs when um, when you're sort of on the cusp like that and, and we hope that it mm. uh, doesn't come to that. No, no. But, yeah, I guess that's life and there's not much we can... I, I, I don't know, what can we do about it? We make sure we buy the newspaper or we... I don't know. I don't really think there is much we can really do about it. I don't know. Is is hits on Comic Kingdom so that they know there's eyes on the strip there? Is that enough? Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't really, but I think it comes down to more of a newspaper um, decision. They wouldn't care about hits on Comics Kingdom because that doesn't affect their yeah, bottom dollar. No, you're right. Or their bottom line, in a sense. Hmm. Mm. But anyway, let's go on some good anyway, news, eh? So, and, and the good news is we've now reached the point at which we realised last time that the recording wasn't working. So <laughs> <laughs> everything from here on in is, is not the second time that you and I have said it or heard it ourselves tonight. Um, how, how far through are we? How many minutes? Uh, about 20, so about the okay, same. Okay, about the same. All right, so exactly the same amount of waffle, no, which way, no matter which way you cut and divide it. So... Um, <laughs> So that's that's the end of the news. It's uh, it's timed out well. And that's oh, hang on. No, 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 no. We've still got one more bit of oh, news. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. My bad. Um, Important news. And we had just started to talk about this publisher in Brazil who is starting to um, reproduce Phantom Comics for the first time in uh, in many years. Yes, yes. So they produce some uh, newspaper strips and the last Phantom in 2000. Like some dynamite stories, sorry, in 2007 and 2016 or 14, I believe it was. But um, this is about four issues coming out in 2019, which will be, um, um, which will be a reprint stories of Wilson McCoy and Cy Barry, and then they're going to be producing some more stories, which basically had it like, like a 20-second look at it before we started interviewing, I mean, podcasting. And I think they're going to be doing some more newspaper stories with the artist of Graham Nolan, uh, Paul Ryan, uh, who else have we got? Sorry, Mind Blank, Mike Manley, Terry Beatty, and Jeff Weigel as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's great to see The Phantom being published in another country. And they, they do seem to be following a bit of an unusual model. You know, we, we talk about so many yeah. um, different... Uh, publishers who, who keep everything under their um, under their chest, you know, you know well, behind play their cards close to their chest is what I'm trying to say um, for for a long, long time. But these guys have actually released right. We're going to do in the next year. We're going to do four comics, and this is every story we're going to publish in those four comics. And then next year we're going to start publishing these other comics. It's uh, um, playing a long game. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, you're right. It is. Um, 
Sorry, I was just taking a drink. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you did talk for a long time before. <laughs> yeah, so um, it is It is interesting. I, to be honest, I haven't completely read uh, the article fully. Uh, we are in we are in communication with the editor um, and some people at the publication. So hopefully our aim is that uh, whether it's us reviewing them or whether we get some um, some friends from Brazil that can re- help us with the review of the comics, like we do with Mikel Lick. Um, you know, we will be we are endeavouring to to include those comics in our comics and news uh, as well, because it's exciting news. Um, the more comics that are published around the world, it is a better thing. It means we're more likely to get a, a phantom movie or TV series. We're more likely to have more fans, which means more comic sales, which means, you know, our character is going to stay alive. So mm. yeah, we no. want to keep our end of the bargain is and include it in the comics and news. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's good news. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so speaking of comics to review, that is the end of the news, despite my little false start earlier. Yeah. And now we are into the comics, which, you know, hopefully in a, in a couple of podcasts' time, um, include one of those Brazilians' mythos uh, publications. But it doesn't mm. for now. We, what we're going to do is we're going to go through, we're going to go through the frues, um, we'll start with the regular numbered issues and we'll go into their specials and uh, at the end of this we'll have Mikhail jump on um, with his uh, Phantomen reviews. Um, as yeah, well. have you been enjoying them? Oh, it's, it's interesting to hear a different take. As, as much as anything, it's interesting to hear how uh, Mikhail interprets the books himself, I think, and, and watching mm. his, his YouTube reviews. He sees different things in the comics that I might and um, and vice versa, I'm sure. So that's all, all part of... Um, you know, broadening your experience and um, seeing how other people do things. Definitely. Hmm. All right, so um, we are going back to start with through issue number 1832, um, the, dare I say infamous, the quite famous, um, <laughs> notorious um, issue, Hero Complex, uh, with two stories in it, um, beginning with Lee, one of the Lee Fork classics, um, Prince Rex Kidnapped, and um, follow is up. Is it a classic? It says classic on. I'm just reading the cover. Okay, it's not. That's not my opinion. I'm literally reading the cover. It's a Leafort classic, Prince Rex kidnapped, and um, the second story in there is, of course, Hero Complex by uh, friend of the podcast Duncan Munro and uh, Jeff Weigel, the uh, Sunday Daily artist, uh, currently in the papers. So um, and the, the Sydney Supernova and Sydney and Perth Supernova guest as well. I didn't know he was going over to Perth as well. There you go. Breaking yeah, man. News here on the podcast. Two bites, two bites of the uh, cherry yeah. for me. Oh, very good. Um, well, you'll be able to save on freight um, home <laughs> <laughs> the second time. Um, if indeed he hasn't been picked clean at Sydney. So anyway, um, to talk about the the stories themselves, um, what did you think of? Uh, we, do you want to talk about the Hero Complex first, or Prince Rex Kidnapped first, or do you want to talk about it as a package? I think we'll I think we'll quickly quickly um, touch upon Prince Rex. Kidnapped. What I liked was um, I liked the you know like the phone books in the money and stuff like that, and it was kind of like you know it, it was just I don't know something a little bit different about how he paid him and um, and then the little detective elements of the Phantom as well. We don't always get to see the de- detective elements as much as we 
have in the past. Yep. So there, there are a couple of things that stood out to me. Uh, another thing which interesting people may want to uh, know about, oh, which page was it? It's towards the end, uh, page 23. You actually, right at the top, you actually see the artist introducing a new style phantom ring as well. Hmm. So that one's saying a little bit, saying a little bit extra. And um, yeah, look, this was this was um, uh, probably in my sweet spot. It was at the, one of those mid nineties, um, mm. no, it was nineties, eighties, mid nineties, mid nineties stories that sort of came out when I was, um, you know, e- reading the stories regularly um, in the paper and that sort of thing. So a bit of nostalgia for me there. I really enjoyed it and um, reminded me why. Um, I, I like that that era of the Phantom. I know it's um, besmirched by a lot of people um, who who prefer the the Ray Moore era or the Wilson McCoy loner as well. But um, I, I like a family Phantom. That's a big word for this time of the night, mate. Which one? Besmirched. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah. We're, 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 it's now tomorrow, so it's a, a big word for this time of the morning. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, so um, it, it's a classic story, and I think it, and uh, lots of people enjoy that. Um, Hero Complex, though, the second story is probably the one we would, we'd rather spend a little bit more time on. Mm, agree. Now, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and then we'll go into it. Mm. Uh, are we seeing a new... Like, the writer's got a long list of accomplishments already. Are we just seeing another line of... Of you know, is he is he the complete man? That's the first question. Oh, well, to truly understand how complete this man is, I think if you haven't seen, Sammy... is he the epitome of every man? Oh, is he like the Renaissance man. He like yeah. To uh, to get a good understanding of how complete Duncan Munro is as a person, um, I think if you can track down a, or if you if you ever saw Sammy J's um, show Hero Complex that he toured around Australia couple of years ago if you haven't seen that um wink wink nudge nudge i know people you can ask to get a a um link to watch that um it won't be released on dvd but if you'd like to see it i know people you can ask and you should get in touch with us here at the podcast um for a link to watch that um that's an hour of sammy J going through and explaining what an awesome man duncan munro is and that's before he became a published fandom author exactly so my second question is, yes. do you like the grayscale that Jeff has done with this? Uh, yes. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I like it as well. It's, it's different. It's moody. It fits with – I like it. When I first saw it, I thought, oh. But then the more I read it, I'm like, I like this. This is good. I can't say I thought about it too much, to be honest. I just got in and enjoyed yeah. the story. Um, so I didn't notice it, whether that makes it better or worse. I don't know. If, I, if it had been <laughs> jarring and I hated it, I would have noticed it. So, um, yeah. Oh. All right, I've got two more questions, and okay. then you can go. How disappointed were you when you realised that the flame was not going to be Sammy J? Oh... <laughs> <laughs> no, no uh, you know what not at all because if it had been sammy J, this wouldn't have been a to be continued at the bottom so the fact that it gets to go on and be a the, uh, you know hopefully we see um the next part of this one um mm. no, not too disappointed not too disappointed 
I will admit I was disappointed. I was <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be Sammy J. Um, the other thing, the last question is, how good is it to see Prince Rex portrayed as more than just a like a, a I don't want to say token character, but someone is, who's only there to be kidnapped. So in that way, mm. the Phantoms got someone to kidnap, like. Does that kind of make sense? No, it does. Um, look, I think we... The last Comics and News, we must have talked about the uh, the Prince Rex special that came out over the New Year period. And um, I said then that um, Prince Rex was probably a character whose um, race had been run. <laughs> and, um, and look, I've now got more egg on my face than Fraser Anning, I've got to tell you, because Duncan Munro <laughs> has... <laughs> Has, um, has, has found a new way to breathe life into this character. And it start, it's, it's interesting because of the, the premise of the story is so dry about uh, trade tariffs and um, the, the evil prince wants tariffs lowered or raised or dropped or introduced or whatever it is. But it's just such a dry way into the story. But it's done really effectively, really quickly, and then suddenly we're in amongst all the action. So this is the chance... Uh, Dan, that you need to apologise and say that you are wrong. The whole 400 of our listeners are waiting to hear those words. Only if they listen to it twice will I say listeners. Um, that you were wrong. So I've come got, on. I've got come no on. one to apologise. I've got no one to apologise to. I, I, I stand corrected. Duncan has, has and must have been giggling both sides of his cornflakes when he listened to the uh, the last podcast because it was the story was well and truly written and in the publisher's hands by the time I was uh, goofing along and just saying how Prince Rex was Prince Rex was done and dusted. But no, you, I, I agree. He's a he's a good character in his own right here. I'm still waiting for you to say I was wrong. I said That's I stood corrected. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just say you were wrong. Duncan, you proved me wrong. Um, you've written a very good story that I quite enjoyed about Prince Rex. <sighs> that just sounded so good. All right, so what are some of your thoughts about the story, mate? No, it was really good. I, I, um, I sort of said most of, uh, most of it there. I, I thought it was interesting how he, he took such a dry premise and made it really, really interesting. Um, and just got so much action into it. I like that it's a, um, an old school fandom with a dry wit um, and um, mm. an action character has some fun um, as well. So, um, no, I, I really enjoyed the story. Whether it's. This, yeah. It, the storytelling, like, like things of like, like while they're talking about boring things. You know, the Phantoms buying a, you know, a bit of fruit and paying the vendor and, mm. you know, and like there's like, it's a quite a wordy start to the story or you, mm. you know, you, the, all the way you described it, but there's just those little nuances that just kind of keep you intrigued to be able to set up the story. And it's, um, Duncan has wrote it well. And mm. Jeff has um, done an amazing job to be able to mm. um, carry you through that that part of the story to be able to set you up to the more, I, get, I don't know, the more fun parts, which is, you know, um, you know, the fan getting in trouble, getting out, and and you know, um, and, and stuff like that. So it's um, yeah. And the other bit, like on page thirty nine and forty, like when the evil count is explaining it by putting the 
bottles on the napkin and then mm. swiping it off and stuff like that. You know, it's just, um, it's clever. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, it really is. And the and it's old school in that the Phantom, you know, gets smuggled in by hiding in a box that someone else carries into the factory and that sort of thing. You know, it's a... It's a pretty old school way of spying and doing that detective work that you were sort of talking about mm. earlier, but um, you know, it, it harkens back to that time that we love. Yes, yes. Um, no, is, um, do you think we'll see more of um, the story? The, the, the storyline sort of from Duncan. Yeah, well, I think that um, yeah. having read the um, the Phantom Forum letters to, I think it must be 1834 or. Whatever, whatever the last one was, uh, Dudley almost um, guarantees that we will. So mm. yeah, so there you go, a little um, a little side project that Duncan had to keep himself um, entertained, as, as might have turned into, as we said. Um, well, we're, I'm not going to say the crowning moment of um, him as a person because uh, this man doesn't stop. Who knows what he'll do next? Mate, I reckon he's going to be winning Father of the Year as well. He's, he's on such a roll at the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, now, just before we go into the next comic, I need to go and let my dog inside because it's whining at me from the outside. So, hang on, I'll be back in a sec. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. That's all right, mate. Okay. I think it's that's just one of those nights. First time we've been interrupted by a dog. But anyway... Um, alright. It's always a first. <laughs> and they're all happening tonight, like you said. Uh, oh, we didn't, we didn't talk about the cover for Hero Complex. Um, I mean, it's yes. Jeff Weigel again, but, uh, I really liked the green. Um, we don't see that mm. shade on a, on the front of a Phantom comic too often. No, you make a good point. Um, it's like, I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to say this, but it's, you know, there's been some brilliant covers, and it's, you know, it's a great cover. But you know, there's been such, a, there's been so many brilliant covers so far this year. It almost gets lost if that kind of makes sense. Well, but you're right. The the green, yeah, the green pops. Yeah. Oh, look, we can't say about every cover this is the the best cover of the year, or it's in line, or whatever. But you know. It's a mm. really enjoyable cover. It may well get a little bit lost at the end of the year when there's 40 or 50 to consider, and, and you're right, and we're going to talk about a couple yet. Um, stunning covers coming out from through this year. Um, but it, it's really, really nice in its own right and for its own reasons. I quite yes. enjoyed that one. All right, yeah. so moving on, um, let's stay on covers while we flip to issue 1833. This is Chewy Chan. Um, I haven't seen him for a while. Haven't seen him very, like, one other cover in... His career? He's done a couple of jams. Yes, okay. Butter. But I have, I think this is his only, only his second um, cover that cover. he's had standalone, yes. yeah. Um, your thoughts? Yes. So, Chewy Chan is a friend of Glenn. They go back quite a few years. Um, I really like the cover. I like the Phantom's muscular, but he's not, you know, using our favourite phrase, he's not a condom. F- you know, full of, you know, warm nuts. Um, he's, you know, beefy. He, you know, he looks, you know, he looks like a, I don't know, like a, a rugby player or a big centre-half forward or, mm. or, or something like that. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I quite like it. It's it's it's, it's, it's darkish, but it's got that red, which um, 
kind of breaks it up and gives some light to it. And um, mm. yeah, I quite like it. Mm. Yep, yep. Um, I completely agree with that. Really fierce looking devil on the front there. Um, mm. But what I, I really enjoyed is flipping it over and having a look at the back actually. And the yeah. well, there's no phantom there. Um, as a piece of art, like that um, that caricature, for want of a better phrase, of Minerva is is quite um, arresting. Um, in yeah. terms of the way that she catches your eyes and the the colour again, the looming um, cult figure across Bad the God. back. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, it, it's quite a compelling picture in its own right. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you're very you make a very good point there. Um, yeah, I I like it, and then I don't know the covers just the Fru's in a very sweet spot with when it comes to the covers at the moment. They really are. They really are. So, um, story-wise, how is this a sweet spot of a story for you? We're talking about um, the first part of the Dark Chalice. This is the Ghost in Glastonbury by Klaistromirthi and Kari Lepinen. Um, first released in Norway, uh, sorry, in Sweden. It'll tell me inside here. Uh, last year, about this time last year. Um, and published for the first time in English uh, in this free comic. Um, the art's a good quality. Um, you know, you know, Le Pen's has always been a top artist, and he's hasn't lost it from throughout the years. Um, and it's a story that really yeah, suits his admit, talents in terms of a lot of dark elements. Yeah. And it looks good in black and white, as it does in colour as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I will admit, the whole uh, satanic kind of overtones, dark overtones, I don't enjoy those stories as much, um, you know, and I think there's various reasons for that. Um, this story, I don't know, it doesn't really do much for me. There's, there's so many so many elements that have to be tied together and I understand, you know, I think it's better that it was published into two parts, but like the Phantom bringing the sword, which the sword becomes a, a vital part and, um, you know, the whole, the only way the Phantom can come over is by having a nightmare. And, you know, if mm. I flew around the world every time I had a nightmare, <laughs> um, <laughs> You'd never be home to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, I just, I don't know, I just... <sighs> yeah, no, look, I, yeah. I, I, I'll um, help you with your floundering because I feel much the same about it. Um, the the, prem- the the idea that the Phantom is just going to take the sword halfway, you know, this is Excalibur's sword, uh, sorry, Excalibur, King Arthur's sword, which has been mm. resting in the major treasure room for generations. Because he's had a nightmare, oh, I better pack this sword in a suitcase and take it across to um, UK, Scotland, whatever it was. Um, and then with absolutely no um, whimper of, a, of, a, of resistance, gets knocked out and he gives the sword over to the bad guys to use in their uh, mystical rites. That's such a, a poor piece of um, plot unfolding. I, I was pretty annoyed with that, and and I'm with you. I don't enjoy this type of uh, of this type of mystical story. Yeah, but I I wouldn't say that every mystic you know mystical story I haven't enjoyed, but I don't know this one just um I don't know. Now 
Have we ever seen this Russ Putin before? Yeah, Russ Putin is a regular. Close from here, he brings him in all the time. I think, or I've, so, I've certainly seen him a number of times. Um, obviously, Russ Putin's a famous figure in history, and um, mm. lots of hysteri- historical um, fandoms have come across Russ Putin. I reckon, without being able to quote stories. Um, yeah. But and and now we've got the idea that he's. Uh, died 150 years ago and come back to life and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, this is this is not this is not my fandom. No, and they 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 would be producing it because people do enjoy these stories. You know, I'm a, yep. I'm aware of that, and you know the phantoms. Uh, you know, not every phantom story we are going to enjoy. Um, yeah, it's not my favourite. It's you know, I enjoyed look, looking at some of the art, some of the some of the art, like on page, like when the Phantom wakes up, uh, he looks like a four hundred year old ghost on the page, top of page eleven. You know, uh, when he's waking up from the nightmare, he looks like a ghost after that dream uh, in that panel. But some of the some of the artworks, you know, very high quality. Um, some of it's not. Um, yeah, I don't know if I really want to spend. And too much more time talking no, about it. I, I, oh, I will say one thing. Yeah. The de- a devil needs to uh, learn how to duck because there's been a few times in some recent stories that he's been uh, knocked out and tasered and stuff like that. Did you think that when you were, we'll get to Phantom's World, but did you think that when you were reading Phantom's World as well? Because I thought that as I came across that panel in that story. Mm. So it must have been a, a few stories recently. Um Let's move on to issue 1834. I'm going to save the best to last, so let's open it straight away. Um, And it's interesting in here that Dudley sort of, in his message from the publisher, almost almost agrees with what we've just been saying about the difference in stories. And and you're absolutely right when you say these sorts of stories. So this is obviously part two of um, The Dark Chalice, which we've just been talking about. Um, These types of stories are are written for an audience and clearly, uh, clearly, apparently... Scandinavian audiences, Swedish audiences really enjoy this sort of um, these sorts of mystical and mythological elements more than we do here in Australia. Well, but you know, I wouldn't say that every Aussie reader is you and I. Um, so you know, I I don't want to paint every Aussie reader of the same brush as us. Um, so you know, I'm sure there are Aussie readers that. Enjoy or through readers, maybe that's the better way of using it. I'm sure there are through readers that enjoy these stories as well. Mm-hmm. You and I might not, but you know we enjoy stories that other people probably don't enjoy as well. And I think you know I don't think that every every I don't think we can expect that every through issue that we get we're absolutely going to enjoy. You know oh, this isn't the, <laughs> these aren't the yeah these aren't the worst stories we've read. Um, they're just, no. they're just kind of like the, you know, the kind of just kind of like the run of the mill stories that you get and you read it, we review it, you file it away and then you might pick it up in five, 10 years. Yeah, maybe. Well, I will. And we'll talk about why I will in a moment. But as I, as I was sort of saying, Dudley's message from the publisher, if, uh, I think this is a place where he really explains the difference between the types of stories that we're talking about really, really well. Mm. Um, he talks about how um, Lee Fork, uh, this is the the one, isn't it, where he talked about Lee Fork? This is where he talks about, you know, the whole law elements, which I thought he 
He did uh, it brilliant. Yeah, I was trying to find the quote. He didn't actually say use the word Lee Fork. He said that uh, the daily stories and the Sunday stories out of King Features are the benchmark for law. And uh, I really liked that expression. That's sort of the benchmark, <laughs> and everywhere else can sort of fit in and around that. Um, this doesn't. This particular and add story, on to it as well. It yeah. can do, can do. Um, and I guess that's in the eye of the beholder, as we've talked about a number of times. Um, yes. This particular story is not going to do that for me. Reading part two tonight in preparation for this, because I put it off that late because I just didn't want to read it, um, didn't change my mind on the rest of the story because by now we've woken up a 1,500-year-old um, witch who's been in a coma for that period of time and it just gets too far out and fanciful for me. But, um, yeah, there it is. Yeah, it's... Um, you know, if dealing with the, you know, the rasp, the, you know, the, the bad guy, and then we get the bad, the bad girl with, you know, more, what is it, Morgana or, or something mm, like Morgana that. It's just, yeah. it's, uh, I don't know. And, you know, I enjoy the whole, um, you know, I enjoy the whole Prince Arthur element. I thought, you know, the whole, um, the glass, Glastonbury element, and, you know, it's, it's interesting and, I enjoy King Arthur, the King Arthur legacy and stuff like that, but um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't do it for me. This story, unfortunately. So let's go to the part of the of this book that I know we both really, really like, and that what's is what's that? Heart of Darkness. Uh, no, the outside. I'll come to Heart of Darkness in a moment. I'll let you have your say on that. Uh, no, I've flipped open the, the comic and I'm looking at the uh, the double-page spread um, front and back cover. Um, second, I think, um, Phantom cover by Grange Wallace. Yes. And um, it is, it's it's like no through Phantom comic that we've seen before. Is that too much to say? No. I think that's a very good point. It's... What it reminds me of is a Guardians of the Galaxy movie poster. Mm. It's the best way to describe it is this would, you know, and Guardians of the Galaxy has got the green chick. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Guardians of the Galaxy got a little rat raccoon. We've got the devil. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I'm sure uh, let's have a bit of fun with it, but it's, it, it looks like a movie poster. Uh, Grange uses a different style. I like it. I like seeing something a little bit different. Um, you know, it's good to see Australian artists that might have a different style. You know, we see it with Paul Mason with his stuff, with Kid Phantom and stuff. We've seen Grange who's got a different style. You know, it's good to see Australians in being featured with Fruit and... Um, I like it. The, I reckon it would have taken a bit of guts to do something like this from basically Grange doing it and then also through printing it. And, um, yeah, I reckon they've done a great job. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, I really love the way that um, they've used light in particular for this. Um, across the front with the uh, Morgana Fay character, you know, ominous at the back, um, far more interesting on the front cover than she is in the story. Um, so the, the way that she glows, we've got Excalibur on fire, we've got the Phantom holding a torch and all of those light elements really, um, really jumping off the page. So, uh, it, it, it's, it's an extraordinary cover and one that I didn't, the sort of thing that I wouldn't have thought we'd see on a fru. No, we wouldn't have seen it five years ago. 
No, it's it's um, really impressive, and, and we just talked about Jeff Weigel's cover there before, and this is the sort of thing that it's up against, and um, it's you know, um, I, I don't I don't know that this will be my favourite cover of the year. I'm not sure if it's my favourite cover of the year so far, but in terms of noteworthy and just attention grabbing covers, this will be a hard one to walk away from. Yes. Yes, uh, and then you've got like if you look at the background, you've kind of got that dragon, yeah, yeah, with the claw, with the tongue, with the nose, the eyes, and stuff like that as well. So yeah. there's a lot of different elements in there. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's 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 enjoyable. Mm. Um, all right. So while we're looking at the back cover and the dragon's mouth, there, I see that this has got a heart of darkness chapter in it, and so too did. 1833, so we've had Chapter 5, Parts 4 and 5 of Heart of Darkness. Um, mm. What did you think? Um, we're starting to see some action. I know you're not exactly... I think you've given up on reading it. I'm not exactly reading it, that's correct. <laughs> no, I, have, um, I, haven't, I haven't read this. No. I've, um, things are starting to happen, which is a nice change. It's, and, you know, it's, it's hard because we only see parts every in a sense, every third or fourth issue. So it's hard to kind of keep track of it, unlike what it was before. But, um, you know, things are happening now. Um, you know, Diana's in trouble again. Um, and this whole chapter, she's been in trouble, out of trouble, in trouble again. So, um, yeah, I look forward to seeing her in trouble and then how that's going to progress <laughs> the story. To being out of trouble again. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, 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 it's a, it's a summarising the thing. I'm, I'm ready to move on. If you've got something else to say about it, you should. Well, <laughs> just got a little tidbit. I've seen on Facebook that a certain artist has been working on some more uh, Phantom by Gaslights. So I wonder if mm. that's going to be starting again soon. Yeah, so, I, um, I saw that as well. Um, Jason Palace posted a, a little snippet. That was a... Uh, it will be interesting to see how that we feel like that fits in uh, fandom benchmark law because we've got um, walking robots from the from the look of the um, the tripod flying saucer type things. So <laughs> God only knows. We'll, I, I look forward to seeing it, but um, I'm not going to make my mind up just yet. <laughs> yeah, so I was just I just raised that because we I prefer I I like the fact that we're just focusing on Heart of Darkness because it allows us to, for the people that are are trying to keep up to date with it, it allows us just to focus on that mm. rather than having trying to jump between, okay, what's happened with that? What's happened with Gaslight? And then, mm. you know, through having to go, okay, when was the last time we printed this? When was the last time we printed this? Can we, you know, so, it, you know, that is solved. Mm. You can just do Heart of, Heart of Darkness. <clears throat> we are starting to get through them a little bit quicker. And then, you know, we can look at whether they want to do trade paperbacks or mm. colour or black and white or whatever. So I think that's the right decision. It would have been a hard decision to make because um, I think whatever decision they made, there would have been some people uh, being against it. But, um, yeah, it's... Oh. Yeah, look, I, and this is kind of where I was going to go before. I think that even people who... I, I'm pleased that they're just trying to put Heart of Darkness in and, and put Gaslight to one side for the moment, just so that it gets done, to be honest, and so we yeah. can move on and, and get to the next thing. 
And uh, that's, oh, yeah. I was going to ask you about what's your, do you have a vibe about how people are reading it? Because um, there's a bloke I talk to at work about the Phantom and he is like me, well and truly over it and just is ready for it to stop. Yeah, it's, it's sad because it's such a, it is a good story, but, you know, and, you know, I kind of feel guilty because I've, you know, I pushed, pushed for it so much on the Phantom for on the fan forum and the fandom um, uh, podcast a lot and all that. And I, I stand by the fact that, you know, we had to see it. Um, I just, you know, I just wonder if, you know, maybe they could have done, like, say, for instance, 1832, where we have the 68-page story is every so often, you know, print three or four parts in the same comic Maybe with, an entire chapter at a time rather than... Yeah, yeah, you know, so you can still have it as a backup, but yeah. then every so often just do, you know, a 36-page issue of just five parts or, you know... Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, one of the, if one of the stories is slightly too long. I think they've done it once where they've done two parts in the same issue and stuff like that. So, mm. um, But I, I think it needs to be... And I'm not sure how they're going to do it, whether they're going to do it as a trade paperback or not. Um but I think it, I think it warrants. Yeah, I really don't know. Because mm. are you going to go back and read all of the parts when it's finished? No, I wouldn't have thought. Um, it, it it suffers from not being one of those stories that I enjoy either. So yeah, it, it's true. got those mystical and and magic elements that you know, as I've just said, I'm not a not a fan of. So to me, it's not going to be worth digging out all the comics, going back to look in the records to find when it was first published and. Yeah. Uh, if it was a trade paperback, I'm still I'm going to buy it, and I'll probably start to flick through it. And if I get hooked in and read it, then then that'll be good. But um, that'll probably yeah. be the only way I really engage with it. I think. See, I wonder if if they could do a trade paperback because I I get the feeling that a lot of fans are lazy, and I'm not sure whether they would go through three years in the past, maybe even five years in the past and start digging out the odd issue just to read three or four pages. Yeah. Well, yeah. Lazy, I'm certainly not going to do it, and I call that good time management. So, um, <laughs> anyway, speaking of managing time, we need to keep moving. Um, so, those are the regular through issues. We've actually done, I thought there was going to be a lot more of those than than there were, but we do have the uh, the specials. Um, from through as well. So we might start with uh, Kid Phantom, which I think was the first of these to come yes. out. Um, this is Kid Phantom issue seven. Um, and uh, we pick up here just after the um, getting together of Kid Phantom and Boy boy Drake, Young Man Drake. Yeah. Um, um, what did you think of the story? It was... Um... Just having a quick flick through it. There were some elements. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There were some elements that I really enjoyed. Like I loved the um, uh, the the little side note with the Timmy and the cat in the tree. Yes. And then um, you know, like that that just there's what there's four page or three and a bit pages of just, and then the full page where mm. you know so. For me, that was probably the best part of this issue. Mm. It's it's one of those tough um, 
parts of a story to write, I think, because you've got to get so much um, plot movement. We, we start here, as I said, um, you know, yeah, in, the middle of, in the middle of New York City, having just fought the Rat King, and we finish with Kit um, halfway, he's on a train halfway across America. So there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. It's got a really quick-paced story um, to get mm. all that happening. And that's, and that's where it is a bit extraordinary that they've been able to find that time for that three, three or four pages, as you said, um, to just stop and pause and help a kid get a cat out of a tree. Yeah, and then the whole wolf... Oh, hang on, mate, I've got to go. Just give me a sec. Yep. All right, where were we? Um, okay, so, well, we're back post-vomit now, Jermaine. Yeah, another, we, we're talking kid phantom. Um, you've had to go and deal with kids. Um, it sounds nasty. <laughs> yeah, 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 poor, uh, poor Poppy uh, decided to throw up everywhere. So we've just done a clothes change, a bed linen change, and we're back at it. Okay, so um, I think we're at the stage where, look, I, I think uh, I, I really enjoyed this Kid Phantom story. I'm, I'm, I'll mm. just pick up there. Um, I really enjoyed this Kid Phantom story. Um, it wasn't it wasn't probably one of the better um, whole books, but in terms of its job of moving to the next book, I think it did that really effectively. I liked the touch yeah. of having the captain reveal himself as um, someone who's been sort of watching yeah. over them the whole time. Um, it's... Yeah, hmm? good points. And um, so, I really enjoyed the little um, Easter eggs or, or uh, references that Paul, that Paul Mason drops in to his artwork. Um, there was the the obvious Frew train um, at the towards the end there. Once they get on the train, might even be on the very last page. Is it? Ah, uh, page thirty-two. Uh, yep, page thirty-two. So big Frew branding on the front of the train um, with the nineteen forty-eight. Yeah, yeah, very nice touch. Um, there's the truck on page 24 with the Ray Moore no, uh, RM 1905. So that's obviously Ray Moore and um, born in 1905. Um, the reference there. And um, I particularly liked uh, the very subtle one where the boys are, are running through New York and the signpost Ricketts Lane, um, which is a, uh, a very specific reference to a... Um, uh, a show that Sammy J did a few years ago that included a bunch of phantom Easter eggs in itself. So um, coming mm. full circle there. Now, did you also on that same panel? There's Dick Tracy yep. in the yellow. Yep. Um, now apparently the silver fox closely resembles uh, Paul Mason's father. Oh right, there you go. And then there's another one on page 24 with the Raymore uh, truck. Mm. There is the boys jump up the the pole. Now, I'm not sure if you remember from the original, um, what do you call it, the original daily stories yeah, or the original that. childhood stories yeah. um, where they do that as well. So I yeah. like that as well. Oh, yeah, it was good. I, I didn't call that an Easter egg because that's, that's really just the story. But I, I'm glad that they chose to include that. And um, that's mm. as good a reason as anything to cut to. Um, I did do a, a quick chat of about Kid Phantom 7 with Angus, my son, and um, he mentions that, that scene in particular without ever having read the, um, the, uh, the original story. So we might just insert that here. 
Alright, so I'm here with Angus Fraser, nine-year-old, who has just read Kid Phantom number seven. Say hello, Gus. Hi. <laughs> You'll have to excuse his voice. He's got a bit of a croaky frog in the throat at the moment because of a bit of a cold. How are you feeling, Gus? Um, sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so feeling a bit sick, but what have you just done? I've just read the Kid, um, new Kid Phantom story. That's number seven? Yes. And what's the name of it? Um, Go West, Young Man. Cool, cool. All right, so tell me about Kid Phantom number seven. Just to, just really quickly, go over the plot for um, people who haven't read it before. Don't give away the ending. Okay. Um, so, um, Kit has just gone from the boat um, when the captain told him not to, um, to wait because they were at, were a day early, but he went anyway and said he would be back before um, nightfall. So then he found um, Mandrake, young Mandrake, and then he. So that happened in and, book six, didn't it? Yeah. Yep. And then he. Um, helps defeat the Rat King and the rats. Mm-hmm. So he um helps them, and then it starts where it's like like he's still grumpy because he doesn't like him, and then he um smiles because he actually um is, and then it's like. He de- a lady de- um gets her handbag stolen, so he defeats him. And what I really liked is is um um Garen's like um nicely done, and I made sure not to hurt him either. Um said Kid Phantom, and then Garen says um good good best to only use the strength you need though he seems a bit loopy and then Kid Phantom's like hmm and then he says um sir sorry I just wanted to see if you were hurt at all (laughs) so Kid Phantom's checking on the guy that he just beat up yeah why does he do that um because I think Phantom he like if they're not fully bad, then he'll, like, forgive them sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then, and so he's just checking if he's okay. Okay. All right, so then when he, after he gets back to the boat, he meets some members of his family, doesn't he? Um, yeah. It's his, um, his grandparents, I, I think. Aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. So how does and that go? He goes back onto the boat and finds out the captain is a member of the member of the Phantom um thing, where like he's got a cross on his wrist. What's what's the cross mean? Um, that he's like being saved by the Phantom, and the Phantom trusts him, mm-hmm. and. So he's got the imprint of the good mark.
Mm-hmm. So the captain's been their friend this whole time? Yeah. Cool. All right. And so they meet the aunt and uncle. Is that it? Then we say goodbye to the captain forever now? I think so, but he might come back later. Okay. Another story. So how does it go when um, Kit and Garant are meeting Kit's aunt and uncle? Um, they get scared by a um, truck just after they've said hello. And then he's, uh, he finds out um, aunt and uncle find them at the top of a... Of a light pole. Yeah, right. And then, like, they come down and they're talking about, like, how it sounded like the rhino that they had in one of the stories. Mm-hmm. And then, and there's, like, um, Kid Phantom's, like, Dad had a hard time catching it. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, so if we just flick through, because we don't want to tell everybody the whole story, yeah. but there is, we won't say what happens, but there is an exciting moment at the end. Yeah. Can you sort of describe that without telling everybody what happens? Okay, so they're on a train. Yeah. And he's like... He sees something? He sees this... No, don't say what it is. ...thing... Yeah. ...that is getting hunted by its own pack. Mm-hmm. And so he goes and saves it, and yeah. Okay. All right, and um, we won't tell you how it ends. So, <laughs> what did you think of the story? Was it a, a good story or a bad story? It was really, really good. You enjoyed it? Because we've had this... How long have we had this comic in the house for? A while. Like a while, like a month or something. And you just read it again tonight for the um, for another time? What are you looking yeah. at now? Um, the... Um, poster in the book of the phantom and kid phantom and the phantom is like telling um kit younger kit to wear the shoe and that's um what did you ask me just before we started recording um if you could help me take it out and put it up on that on my wall. Yeah, I think we... Well, this is your copy, so we can do that. My copy, I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> cool. So, you liked the story? You liked the writing? Yeah. Yeah? It was, re- it was really fun uh-huh. reading. A- and what about the drawing? What about the artwork and the colours and all of that? Um, it's really cool, and I liked how Kids fan- Kid Phantom's smile can get really wide. And also... In some places, like half and half, and then, um, yeah. He does have lots of different expressions, doesn't he? Yeah. And I, I like that one the best. So that's on page seven. Why do you like that? Um, I like it because it's like, yeah. <laughs> Just standing there, owning the whole thing. <laughs> I have defeated the bad guy. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, um, is there... Oh, what about... Oh, yeah, there's um, a, yu- a young Diablo badge. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, Diablo, I think. Diablo. Um, and it, I've got it 
I've got it in my room so I can wear it sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And on and if you fold the book out, then you can see that it's got Kid Phantom and the um dog. Devil. He's a wolf. Oh. Sorry, yeah. Kid Phantom, you said. Yeah, Kid Phantom. Mm-hmm. And with Di- Diablo. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, it's got the r- the real Phantom with Devil. Cool. And what I liked is, like, um, Diablo is, I think, Italian or French for... Um, Oh, no, Spanish for um, devil. Cool. And also the area where it happened was called Diablo as well. Oh, okay. So that's where his name. Cool. So um, if you could say anything to Andrew Constant, who writes the book, and Paul Mason, who draws the book, what would you say? Um, That Paul Mason's artwork is um, really good. And I... I like how, um, for the writing, I like how um, he's, like, I th- I think they're really funny. Like, it's really, like, here. It's like, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much, Angus. I really appreciate you joining us on the x podcast today. And uh, I hope you enjoy Kid Phantom number eight when it comes out. Yeah. Thank you, Gus. <laughs> Jermaine currently has no idea what you've said, but it was very good. <laughs> All right. Does um, he charge you for those? Uh, no, it took some convincing. When we first got the comic in, oh, no, it did. It cost me a chocolate today. Uh, <laughs> when we first got the comic, I was excited. Oh, you've just read it. Let's Let's talk about it. Um, and he wasn't interested. And then he just picked it up and happened to read it this afternoon. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm recording a podcast tonight. Do you want to have a have your bit? And he was a bit reluctant because he's a bit croaky, as listeners have just heard. And um, it was only when I said, look, we'll give you a chocolate to soothe your throat, that he said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, um, I'll answer a couple of questions. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, bribery works. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's move on. Um, giant size number eight we've got next. And... Um, as I flick through it, I read this as soon as it came in, and that was a while ago. I haven't picked it up again since. But um, as I flick through it, I do remember it. So we start with, um, well, the, the the cover, I guess. We've got um, Glenn Ford's, Glenn Lumsden's, sorry, uh, work again. He really does. Ha- he's done all the giant size now, isn't it? Eight covers? Yes. Yes, that's correct. So so he really owns this, uh, this genre at the moment. Another cool action shot of the Phantom um, somehow up on a tightrope thumping out a... a Gymnast who's trying to stab him while the rest of the heroes support from below. Um, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the cover. Yeah, no, I did actually. It, um, it's 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 fun. It's hmm. you know it's got the spotlight, the the circus feel to it. The the gymnast in nice pink, purple. Um, what do you call it? Little uh, women's leotard. slippers. Yeah, yeah, and then the leotard, and which are. Uh, you know, uh, what are they called? Three quarter lamps and stuff like that as well. So, no, it's some. Um, I really, I really, I enjoy his covers. Hmm. 
Yeah, you can tell that he enjoys what he does and he, that he has fun with them. And it's a really cool action shot of the Phantom if you just look at that in isolation. Just the way he's got his hands poised yeah. and the and the punch being delivered. The expression on his face mm. is, um, that bit's not fun. The Phantom's not having a lot of fun in this otherwise fun environment. No, but we are. That's yeah, the main thing. Absolutely. So uh, in terms of Phantom content, um, the first story is a reprint of an old Charlton, the great, the giant ape of Torth. Um, is how I'm going to say that one. Um, what did you think of this story? You would have read it before, Jim. Oh, the story is actually the Cliff Kingdom. Um, that comic actually had three stories in it. One of them was the giant ah, ape of Twelfth. Yes. But the one that we're reading is the Cliff Kingdom. The what I did enjoy was the reprint reproduction. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's nice. It's it's. It's good quality repro. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed some of the some of the angles in the art, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, apart from that, not much else. The story's a bit blur. Yeah, there's a there's a few too many convenient little elements in the plot and that sort of thing. I I'd agree with you. I'd um, enjoy the, the the shape of the panels and that sort of thing. Again, it it seems to be what those old American um, comics. Did, did quite well. Yeah, well, they had such little space that they kind of needed to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, um, so the next story is The Raven, um, which oh, I read and I enjoyed, but, I, you know, I, are we talking about The Raven? Um, I think we just leave it as that. It, the, Raven's, the Raven is a story or a character that, you know, although we're dealing with Nazis, which kind of dates it. It is kind of like a story where you can... <laughs> well, does it? <laughs> <laughs> um, it is kind of like a... I don't know. The way it's been written, you could almost read it now and be kind of like, oh, yeah, this you know, can still be read. It's, a bit, of a, it's a bit of a James Bond type um, story, isn't it? Uh, sneaking yeah. into a supervillain. Yeah. Yeah, but I, enjoy, I don't mind it. Yeah. Now, um, this is probably the the next story is the one that we're probably most excited to read and to talk about. Um, oh, Scorpius. Scorpius. Speaking of James Bond, that would make a good name for a James Bond villain. Um, no, would it? We, but instead of Scorpius, uh, sorry, instead of James Bond, we've got the Phantom, the Shadow, Catman and Sir Falcon all teaming up. Uh, well, not teaming up immediately in Chapter 1, but presumably across the course of the stories, they'll all come together. Um, mm. What did you think of this? This is uh, written by and uh, illustrated by Shane Foley. Well, this is a bit of a pet project for him. He's been kind of hinting at this with every every bit of work that he has done for Giant Size in the previous seven or eight issues. We've kind of had a hint of a crossover, you know, like, and, and it's been enjoyable with the Phantom and these other characters. And now we kind of see how they all in a sense, can work together. Um, you know, this is this is our Avengers, our um, you know, our Justice League moment where we can see several characters, including the Phantom, work together. And um, hmm. I really enjoyed it. I enjoy the the black and the black and white tone of it. I enjoy how the the characters have been given enough limelight for those fans to enjoy their moment, but you know, then you know the Phantom, which 
what we're, you know, the Phantom's still central and that's mm. what we are. Um, so yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It's, um, fast pace. Mm. Uh, you know, I've, yeah, really, really enjoyed the start of it. Um, the nice short little chapters, like each chapter's a couple of pages. Yeah, so I, was I wonder, say that. yeah, it's, I it's, wonder if it was originally intended to only be like a chapter in each issue. Yeah, well, I hope not, because that would only be a couple of pages. This is 32 pages um, mm. story, and there's nine chapters. So that's you're looking at three or four pages each chapter. So I really like the fact that we just um, get a whole bunch of the story in together. If you were waiting um, for the next Phantoms, uh, what are we on, Giant Size, if we were waiting for the next Giant Size to get the next chapter, um, if it's parceled yeah. out like this, 30-odd pages each story, I think that'll go well. I think you're right. I would agree with that. I like it like this. (laughs) (laughs) You're just trying to balance. You're just trying to balance. (laughs) You're just trying to balance it out from when you had to uh, publicly apologise. Perhaps, perhaps a little. (laughs) All right, and then we finish. So, really enjoy that. Looking forward to more of your work there, Shane. Um, Mm. Really, really enjoy the artwork and all the rest of it there. Um, And I'm just getting conscious of time, but uh, the Panther is the last story in his own standalone. and did you enjoy this more or less, having just seen him in a team-up? Um, I don't think he was in a team-up, was he? Wasn't he part of that group? No, he wasn't. No, Shadow came in, so fucking... You're right. Okay, did you enjoy... Well, it was a good catch-up with him, given that he was no longer part of the team-up? Um, I didn't mind this story. Um, the art suffered a little bit. Um, but it's, you know... I've read a bit of I've read a bit of uh, the Panther. Like um, they produced, I'm not sure if you remember, but when it was, who's that Australian guy that um, is it Kevin Patrick? Yeah, yeah, he produced a couple of issues of the Panther back in the nineties. Oh, okay. Um, and I brought the first two or three of those and I really enjoy, I enjoyed them then and it's been enjoyable revisiting the character from that brief little introduction that I had to him you know 10 15 years ago mm. and um, I think it's it's good to see that these I can see, you can see why through got all of these characters together because you could honestly sub the phantom the, the phantom in for that panther story without too much difficulty and uh, it would, it's that sort of a tale. Um, yes. And that's why they come together so so neatly, I suppose, in a, in a story like Scorpius, which is, you know, it is good to see the Phantom. He's been in Defenders of the Earth with the King Features syndicated characters, but now to have a more local universe um, of characters is pretty cool too. Yeah. And it just, the other thing is that it, allow, like, it allows them to produce more comics and and Australian, you know, using Australian talent, and you know, we've seen Shane, we've seen Glenn, we've seen um, uh, Jeremy uh, McPherson, and you know, so we've seen all these Australian guys having a chance to draw and do comic art for free, which can only be a good thing. And if they're their own characters, they don't have to pay license fees. Yeah, absolutely. So. Very good. Okay, so giant size number eight done and dusted. Unless you've got anything else. No, enjoying them. Yeah. Really enjoying them. Yep. 
All right, now, a uh, one of the specials that I openly have not been enjoying as much lately is Phantom's World. And uh, so we've got Phantom's World number eight, which is um, a bit of a step away. It's a bit different from the other Phantom's World in that we've gone to the other side of the globe in the, uh, in the Phantom's World. We've gone <laughs> to Brazil. And it's also just the one story, one long story of 100 pages rather than what we've seen in the, um, in the Italian... Um, versions of Phantom's World, which have had uh, usually three or four shorter stories. And it's also in colour, whereas the other Phantom's Worlds have not been. Yeah. So what do you reckon of it? I have completely flipped, and uh, I really enjoyed <laughs> this. This is, um, this is, you know, I, I think I would have said that uh, Phantom's World 7 was perhaps my least favourite, and, and I would consider stopping buying them if I wasn't subscribed. Um, if this was the first Phantom's World I picked up, I'd be going to buy the other seven on back issue immediately because I, I enjoyed this thoroughly. Yeah, what did you enjoy about it? Um, I, I really liked the story. I think it was a, it's a simpler it's a it's a simpler Phantom. It was set in a simpler time and it was authentic of being of that time. And yep. um, and, and it's just a really it's a, it's a comic book that I've, I would have no problem with. With Gus, who listeners have just heard before, a nine-year-old picking that up and having a read for, through it, um, it's it's a it's just a good adventure with lots of fun in it, and um, I think it's been um, really well translated for the most part by Andrew Constant, and um, a couple of little a couple of little things that I might have changed there, but the story flows really well, which is a criticism that I've had of some of the Italian stories. Um, so that I'll start there for us to begin with. Um, what, what were your thoughts? Um, well, just while we're talking about it, I have done a as this podcast gets released, we've done a little um, feature which basically compares the original comic to this. So that's going to be, um, you know, if people wanted to kind of compare them, they can. Yep. Uh, which would be a bit of fun. Um, the other thing that I really enjoyed about you're right. There's, you know, there's a lot to there's a lot that goes into this story, um, but I I enjoyed it. You know, the colours are nice touch, the big panels, the you know, there's little Fred Fredericks little um, uh, sneaky little thing in there, which I'm not sure if many people kind of got. Um, I'm not sure if that was a tribute to the Mandrake Phantom Artist, but let's pretend it is. Um, did you see that one? Yeah, I actually I, I enjoyed that, but I actually enjoyed um, that sequence more. <laughs> Just the, the Phantom there with this kid nattering away to him, and he's, he's so polite. But you know what I really took away from that? That exact panel where it's Fred Fredericks, page 31 we're talking about, um, sorry, not that exact panel, the bottom of the page. Here's mum and dad who are on the flight with this kid and the kid starts talking to a complete stranger and mum and dad go, oh, he's made a friend. Let's go to sleep. Let's have a rest. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a simpler time. You would not do that in 2019. Oh, my kid's talking to a stranger, a stranger danger, blah, blah, blah. No, no, this mum and dad turn a blind eye. Good luck, Mr Walker. He's yours now. <laughs> Especially um, some dodgy guy in a trench coat. Yeah, exactly so, right. <laughs> uh, dark glasses and Refuses stuff like that as well. to take off his hat. <laughs> no, so I... I, I you, you, the other thing you mentioned, though, was about the colour. Now, um, it's interesting because Dudley actually says in the um, message from the publisher that this is 
if I scan through it now. Um, it's the original colour. Where do you say this? But that can't be the case because the here, right near the bottom, we decided to print it in its original colours rather than convert to black and white because the original colour palette is so unusual and unique and brings us into the carnival, which it does. But um, the Phantom is purple, not red, and, and as you showed in the video, lots of the backgrounds are different colours and stuff. Yeah, people just have to watch the video, won't they? Absolutely, absolutely. So whether yeah. whether there's another version, because I can't imagine they're going to go through and spend the energy to recolour. I don't know. Yeah, well, no, the comic has been published again, so maybe that was recoloured. Oh, and they've... And, and that's where they got it from. Yeah. But... The insert cover is the one that I rev that I yeah. compared them to. Yeah, and and interestingly, the insert cover, which uh, so it was originally published in 1980, um, that artist is the same artist that they've used for um, this this book, Phantom's World Number Eight, which I think is uh, pretty extraordinary. Yeah. So now the one thing I probably didn't enjoy with this was the cover. Okay. The cover just didn't do it for me. In what way? I don't know. The cover just... I'm just trying to think, who actually did the cover? Was it Felmang or was it actually Wilma? No, I think it's... Uh, the, the My understanding of what Dudley has said here is that he says our featured cover artist for the original yeah. scene inset and for the cover of this publication is Wilma yeah. Amaral de Oliveira. Yeah, and we're on the. Um, I'm pretty sure on the website they had it as filming. Um, so, that, but no, the cover doesn't really do it for me, unfortunately. Um, there seems to be a signature down the bottom right hand corner. Yeah, it's definitely Wilma. W A L M I R. Yeah. So it's definitely Wilma. Uh, Wilma. Yeah. Uh, Wilma. Wilma. Um, but no, that's probably the one thing that I probably didn't enjoy about it was the cover. Yeah, fair enough. I. Um, I think that um, as a whole story, though, there, it, it does keep in with my memory of, you know, we talk about that benchmark of phantom law. It sticks well within what I like yes. in terms of that benchmark of phantom law. There's, there's um, old jungle sayings, there's the witty one-liners um, in places, but there's also places where they fall down. Um, the there's a couple of um, moments where there's an opportunity for a witty one-liner where the, the, the thug reaches out and tells the Phantom, don't move, or I'm going to deck you, and he says, I disagree. I don't think I will. Not quite the uh, the Lee Fork witticism that we're used to. But um, by and large, as a, as a whole story, as I said, I really enjoyed this when I sat down to read it. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's enjoyable. I think people will not be disappointed with this. Um, we did talk about it and that we were kind of looking forward to getting this um, this story because mm. by by majority of people that I've talked to, they all say that this is one of the better stories that they have um, that RGB or okay. was it RGE, RGE have produced. Yeah, okay. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess the. The question is then, are we going to see more um, Brazilians, do you think? Because uh, I, I certainly um, would favour that uh, on the evidence I've seen. Does, uh, doesn't everyone love a good Brazilian? <laughs> 
This is a PG show, Jim. Um, <laughs> I think. Well, what, are you, what are you referring to? You and I have both got some good Brazilian friends who um, who we do quite like, but uh, the um, the what was I saying? <laughs> do you think the next? But, yeah. We're seeing this. <laughs> you've just lost it. Uh, <laughs> the next one's going back. We're going back to Italy, which you know, which we don't mind either. But um, I hope that we do get to see a few more Brazilian stories because there's a fair bit out there. Hmm. I think it will require a bit more work than probably the Italian ones, which is probably why we haven't seen as many as we have in the past. If that makes sense. But yeah. I think I think the Brazilian ones require a lot more work. Whether it's because uh, you know you got to find someone who can speak Portuguese or, or whatever, where they might have someone who can do Italian, where it's just easier to do Italian stories. Mm. Yeah, not sure. Um, but yeah, I, I hope we do get to see more. It's 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 nice. This is what Phantom's World should be about. Mm. Uh, yeah, getting the best from from other countries. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I thought it was a great little touch. Mm. All right, so make sure you check out Germ's um, video comparison of um, an older version, and whether it's the original or not, but certainly in the 1980 version, um, side by side with this. It's really interesting to have a look at the, the size difference and the, and the colour difference as well. Um, so, speaking of Phantom's World and Phantom from other countries, what we need to do now is cut to Mikel with his uh, reviews of Fantelman. I think it's issues five and then six, seven uh, as well. Um, let's hear from, from Mikel. Time for another audio review of Fantelman. First off, we have issue number five. We already talked about this in the video review, but let's revisit it. The cover of this amazing issue is made by Henrik Salström, and I think it's one of his better covers. The main story is about the 22nd Phantoms. It's called Shadows Over Singtown, and it's written by Klaus Remerti, and the art is from Janus Ordon. And I think the art is really great in this. Uh, This story has quite dark setting. It's... uh, a dystopia after the 21st Phantom disappeared and uh, everything seems to be going wrong in Bengali. But we follow the 22nd Phantoms and uh, they're trying to get uh, some things better. And we'll follow the 22nd Phantoms, we'll follow... Sandal Singh, and we will follow Diana in this issue. And let's talk about these characters because even though the 22nd Phantoms make a great work, uh, now they're working together in uh, comparison to the last arc of, about the 22nd Phantoms, while Sandal Singh is really working to keep. Uh, the Sing Pirates under check, uh, and I think Diana, she's very out of character. She's screaming at her boss, and she doesn't seem as collected as she usually is. And it's kind of weird, but since it's a dystopia, everything should be going bad, and it really 
works for me that everything seems to be going bad for all of the main characters. Except for the main Phantom Adventure, there's a half a Thorgal album and three pages of this in beatable humor strip. And then we move to the next issue. This is issue 6-7, a double issue, with a cover of, uh, from Salveluto of the 22nd Phantoms. And the bad part about this issue is that almost all of them are damaged with uh, a rip either on the front of the comic or on the back and I don't see anyone having a nice copy of this uh, comic it includes the second part of the four part arc of uh, the 22nd Phantom this one is called In the Enemy's Shadow also Art from Janus Orden and story from Klaus Remarty, like the last issue. And it also includes a daily story, The Locust God, by Tony DePaul, George Olsen and Keith Williams. And except for the Phantom, it also includes a full Thorgal's World album and two pages of the Inbeatable comic strip. So in the main story, it continues to be a dystopia. Now we're following General Bababu and uh, Luaga and seeing uh, all the kinds of problems they have. And we revisit Diana that also gets more and more into trouble. So the former president Luaga is uh, a doctor now and he's in like the ghetto and has to fight with these gangs to be able to still operate and it tries to show him that someone needs to do something because otherwise everyone has it bad so it might be that finally the Swedish Fantomen will have a Lagas president again let's see and hope that it comes to that later in the story other than that, the uh, 22nd Phantoms uh, try to get something that the Sing Pirates have and they meet up with Old Moss and they're really moving him towards more being a seer than a storyteller. So he's talking about what they have to do. But I don't want to spoil too much, but it's really great. I want to continue seeing where this arc is going. But the next part will not be in the next issue, because in the next issue there will be a new story from uh, Die Karlström and Magnus Carling with art from Raphael Ruiz. And it's going to be about Moss' nieces being kidnapped, it says in the back page here. Then there's the daily story, the Locust God. And this story is really not my cup of tea. I like the setting, the bad guys are pretty good, but I have a hard time with this supernatural locust god coming and telling them what to do, and uh, that is not great for me. But other than that, it's a quite good story. 
That is all from me. Happy phantoming. That's pretty good. I've um, I'm looking forward to it because the issues is just the issues is just reviewed as being the uh, 20, 22nd Phantom, and uh, in the six and seven, I believe it was. I actually just got my copy as well. We see Diana for the first time in this saga, so I reckon that's an interesting little subplot there. Mm. And um, oh, I'll be interested to see if Mikel has said anything about um, what her reaction is because you wouldn't um, <coughs> wouldn't be able to understand what she said, I suppose. No, I struggle enough with English pronunciations rather than uh, trying to learn a second language. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you for giving us uh, your review, Mikel. Yeah, very good. Um, very much appreciated. And good luck with the game, which is a piece of news that we, we didn't sort of talk about at the front because it's not there's nothing concrete there, but um, Mikel's obviously also the guy who's putting that Phantom card game together, and you can go and read about that on uh, chroniclechamber.com. Um, hopefully this is another new Phantom game merch item that's going to be coming out in the near future. Yes, 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 definitely. It's pretty exciting, uh, except for our bank accounts. Yes, indeed. All right, so um, with that, I think we've we've just, we've come to the end of the run sheet, which um, is a, is always a good sign in terms of us finally going to bed on this cursed evening where nothing seemed to go right at any point. Um, if, is, have you got anything before we go into the outro, Jim? No, let's do the outro quick. <laughs> okay. All right. So I've just mentioned chroniclechamber.com. Um, that's obviously the home for Chronicle Chamber, and, and we'd absolutely encourage you to go and visit that and read the articles that uh, we put up. Um, you can contact us with any ideas for what you'd like us to talk about or to, uh, to write about, um, or if you've got any um, uh, things that you see, like the Brazilian uh, – sorry, not the – yeah, the, the Mythos, the Brazilian comic um, coming back, that was a tip-off from someone who had seen that on Facebook, and we really treasure those um, those tips so that we, we can't be across everything. There's uh, there's only a limited number of eyes, and we've got an unlimited number of hours. So what do they say? Um, Phantom has a thousand eyes. Um, so and it, he is. Correct. So anyone who hears anything or sees anything that you think we should know, email us um, at chroniclechamber at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Or you can catch up with us via our social media links, of course. Um, we've mentioned the Facebook page, Chronicle Chamber Phantom Fan page. Make sure you hit up that one and give a review so that you have got one or two or six or however many tickets Jermaine decides in the draw for that uh, Fumo to China magazine. Um, <laughs> we're also the Phantom Collector Group on Facebook. Uh, on Twitter, we are at Twitter at Chronicle Tweets or Instagram at Chronicle Chamber. Um, make sure you subscribe, of course. And uh, this is the point where we need to, of course, make mention of all of our glorious Patreon subscribers as well. Um, we really value the, the Patreon. Oh, we've got a new one that we needed to make mention of as well. Do we? Oh, I missed that. I missed that. Who's that? It wasn't on the run sheet. It was Mikel. He's just recently jumped on board the Patreon Oh, he's a Patreon as well. As well. That's fantastic. So um, that's not why we're supporting him with the card game, but it, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I think it's fantastic. We, we talked about um, Duncan being a, a, a man of – a renaissance man, a modern man, of, and everything. He's also a Patreon, so um, especially so – We've got to add that to his line of credits Absolutely. As well. <laughs> Chronicle Chamber supporter. Um, we do appreciate anyone who can who can put a couple of dollars a month our way to help us 
um, pay for the, the web co- website hosting and the, the podcast broad uh, bandwidth that we need to, to purchase and to run and all the rest of it. Um, and just to keep the, the website ticking over. We do have, we probably mentioned this last time, we do have some plans for um, further Patreon levels and that sort of thing. Um, but for the moment, obviously, the P3 is there. Um, I was even thinking, Jermaine, that things like the interview with Walmere at the back of the um, Phantoms World 8 might be something we could scan and put in the P3 um, yeah. just to make it a bit more easily accessible for people who, who have bagged their comics. Yes, and we've got some pretty cool stuff. Like we've now got a hold of all of the Friends of the Phantom newsletters, so we'll be releasing a couple more of those each month. Um, we've got the English translation of the article uh, that I did. Um, we've also got, which is a very interesting one, which we've actually got a missing page from a, a free story that has just recently been published as well. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you will only be able to access that via P3. No one else has seen it. No, very good, very good. So that's the sort of stuff we, we do with the, the Phantom Preservation Project or the P3 is just to, to gather those things that you would not see otherwise like the, page, the missing page from Fru, those um, Friends of the Phantom newsletters which um, are so informative but so hard to come by to put those in a central location for people and even things like these interviews from the back of Phantom Comics and that sort of stuff to, um, you know, to keep people informed and um, just a, a ready access point for all of your uh, your Phantom needs. Definitely. Well, well I, it's good to get this one behind us. <laughs> I think so. It, the, the bugger of it was, it was going to be, right, let's, let's do a quick one so we don't have any editing to do and it can be quick to turn around and release as well. Now it's going to be a pain in the backside to edit as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I think I've got to go. I think she's just thrown up again. <laughs> All right, mate. On that note, happy phantoming. Happy phantoming, mate. <laughs> Cheers. 500 years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy. Injustice and cruelty And all my sons will follow me So evildoers will believe That this man cannot die The Phantom The ghost who walks The Phantom Enemies beware The Phantom's always there But you won't find the Phantom He finds you You there, mate? Yep just give me like two more minutes. She's just done a mammoth vomit, so there's vomit everywhere. Ah, uh, no good. Okay. <laughs> just give me no, two minutes. Fire out. <laughs> this is the uh, podcast from hell. <laughs>